Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Uh, Good morning to those of you listening to our live broadcast today, April 5, 2008. And hello to those of you listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time here on Achieve Radio. There is a link on my site. Folks, that's why I give the date and the year every time so that whenever it is you're listening, you'll know when this show occurred. Uh, You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Uh, To call into the program, call 888 235-7374. That's 888-235-7374. Or send instant messages during the show. Uh, they call them in quick messages on the Achieve Radio webpage uh, through the link on the Achieve Radio homepage. Please, any problems with the Internet links, call me at uh, 866-472-6094. That's 866-472-6094. Yes, that's an 800 number for you. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last Saturday, my guest was Gabriel Nosevich uh, from the movie The Answer. And at the end of that program, we discussed the herb marshmallow and the asana Virabhadrasana 1. If you missed that show, you can go to my website, www.amtherapies.com. Click on the Achieve Radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me and for general information, call 866-472-6094. That's 866-472-6094. Now, intuitive Monique Chapman, who's a regular here on Achieve Radio, visits with us usually every Saturday, but for the last, I don't know, couple of months, it's been a different time, and it's going to be a different time this month also. Um, We'll hear from her April 19, 2008, at the end of that program with Monique's moments. Uh, As usual, she will share her intuition about world affairs and callers' concerns. Now, remember, you can purchase my book, 101 uh, Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. Today, I'm speaking with Heather Summerhouse Cariou, author of 65 Roses. Uh, the struggle of her, uh, Heather's sister, Pam, leads them, the family, family to founding the Canadian Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, at the end of today's program, we will discuss the herb Meadowsweet and the Asana Virabhadrasana 2. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, Tai Chi exercises improve type 2 diabetes control, studies suggest. And of course, this is Science Daily, April 2, 2008. Tai Chi exercises can improve the control of type 2 diabetes, suggests 
a small study published ahead of uh, print in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Now, Tai Chi Chuan is a traditional Chinese martial art which combines deep diaphragmatic breathing and relaxation with gentle movement. The research team assessed the impact of a 12-week program of Tai Chi exercises on the T helper cell activity of 30 patients with type 2 diabetes and 30 healthy people of the same age. Now, T cells are a key component of the body's immune system, producing powerful chemicals including interleukins which alter the immune response. Type 2 diabetes is associated with chronic inflammation caused by excessive glucose in the blood, or hypoglycemia. After the 12-week program, uh, glycated hemoglobin, when excess blood sugar combines with the oxygen transporter in that blood cell, levels fell significantly from 7.59% to 7.16% in the diabetic patients, and levels of interleukin-12 to boost the immune response doubled. Levels of interleukin-4, which suppresses the immune response, fell, and T-cell activity also significantly increased. Strenuous physical activity depresses the immune system response, but moderate exercise seems to have the opposite effect, say the authors. Tai Chi is classified as moderate exercise. Previous research has shown that it boosts cardiovascular and respiratory function, as well as improving flexibility and relieving stress, they add. Now, Tai Chi may prompt a fall in blood glucose levels or improve blood glucose metabolism, sparking a drop in the inflammatory response. Alternatively, the exercise may boost fitness levels and the feeling of well-being, which may then boost the health of the immune system, they suggest. In a separate study also published ahead of print, a 12-week program of Tai Chi and Qigong, another Chinese exercise, prompted a significant fall in blood glucose levels and significant improvements in other indicators of the metabolic syndrome in 11 middle-aged to older adults. The metabolic syndrome is a cluster of symptoms, including high blood pressure and high blood glucose that is associated with increased risks of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. The 13 participants exercised for up to 1.4, sorry, 1.5 hours, up to three times a week, and were also encouraged to practice the exercises at home. At the end of 12 weeks, they had lost an average of three kilograms excuse me, and weight, and their weight size had, waist size had dropped by an average of almost three centimeters. Now, their blood pressure also fell significantly and by more than would have been expected from the weight loss alone, say the authors. Insulin resistance, whereby cells stop responding to insulin, a condition preceding full diabetes, also improved significantly. Three people no longer met the criteria for metabolic syndrome. Participants said they slept better, had more energy, felt less pain and had fewer food cravings while on the program. Uh, yes, and that news piece was a little bit longer than we usually have, but I thought it was well worth uh, the time. Okay, um, now, uh, again, my guest today uh, is Heather Summerhouse Cariou, and uh, I'm sorry, is it, well, uh, probably pronounced Summerhouse Cariou, uh, was born and raised in Bradford, Ontario, and educated in Toronto and New York. Her father is the founding president of the Canadian Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and both her parents are recipients of the Order of Canada in recognition of their work in inaugurating the CCFS. FF. A former professional actress and dancer, Cario lives with her husband, uh, the actor Len Cario, in New Jersey. 
uh, and part of the proceeds of her book, uh, 65 Roses, will be donated to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Now, I also wanted to, um, well, I think I'm going to let her share some of this. Good morning. Hello? 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 Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call Psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties this morning, so sort of hang in there. Uh, remember on my site, www.amtherapies.com, you can now preview and purchase the book I co-authored called 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. My chapter is Naturopathy. Um, and remember William Penn's Mark Allen. He's now running track. Uh, last week they had a wonderful event. He won the triple jump, the long jump, uh, running long jump. They, I think that, that was a, a tie. I'm not sure. And then, um, uh, but anyway, uh, I guess we're back. And uh, hello, um, Heather. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I have no idea. This I'm is, sorry you know, about that. The, the, the line just went dead, but here we are. Okay, a moment of panic, and now everybody will take a deep breath, and we're back. Yes. Okay, well, wonderful. Um, 
First of all, I, I I don't know if you heard my question, but I was asking how you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well this morning, thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. And uh, sitting here with my uh, cup of tea, looking over the Hudson River in Manhattan, and uh, the sun's out, and uh, it's a great day to be alive. Yes, it's wonderful. Well, now, I want to let everyone know this. You you have a beautiful book here, uh, 65 Roses, and ladies and gentlemen, it's written like a novel. It's written like a beautiful story uh, that you would read um, at your leisure, and uh, well, very well written, and she has these fabulous quotes at the beginning of each uh, chapter. There are, what, 20, 22 chapters? And um, uh, why don't we just... Get well first. I want you to explain where the name I think it's so precious, sixty five roses comes from. Well, my, you sister, know that my sister was diagnosed when she was four years old with cystic fibrosis, and she couldn't pronounce the name of her disease. So she told the neighbors and everyone that she had sixty five roses. I thought that was so precious. It oh. is. That just touched me so, and so I certainly understand the, the use of that as your title. Now, were you always a writer, or was this something you always liked doing, or did it evolve out of the necessity to share the story? Well, I think I was always a writer. I was certainly always running off into the woods with a, a pad and a pen. I don't suppose many kids do that today. They're all on the computer, but <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, we had a big woods behind our house, and that's where I went to write. And I thought everybody wrote. And I didn't uh, really take it too seriously. And later on, after my parents founded the Canadian Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, I too wanted to have a a voice uh, to draw attention to CF and uh, draw attention to families with chronic illness. And the best way I could think of to do that when I was a girl was to become a famous actress. So uh, I went into the theater, but even as I was training as an actress and working as an actress, I always wrote. And uh, when Pam died, when she was 26, uh, one of the last conversations we had together, she said to me that I was really missing my calling, that it it wasn't that she thought I was a bad actress, but (laughs) (laughs) she had a great mix of humor and pathos right to the end. But uh, she felt that my true calling was to be a writer and to be a teacher and uh, that I should begin by writing our story, telling our story. And she told me at the time that if I became a writer, that is the way I would meet the people I was meant to meet to become the person I was meant to become. Mm -hmm. And I felt she was so close to the other side at that point that uh, she was almost receiving divine direction for me. That's at least how I received it. So um, I I put on my writer's hat and started to learn how to be a writer, which took me quite a long time. Oh, I doubt that it took as long as you you imply, because it seems like you have quite a facility for it. Um, You talk about, well, okay, why don't we, why don't you just sort of Tell us, tell us a little bit of the story so that um, our listeners will get an idea of what they will find as they, you know, uh, go through the book, uh, after they purchase the book. Okay. You start out with, yeah, go ahead. Well, um, the writer Vivian Gornick uh, talks about the situation and the story. So uh, first I'll explain the situation, and then we'll get to the story. The situation okay. is that in 1958, my sister was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, which is the most common life-threatening 
uh, genetic illness of uh, children and young adults. And at that time, nothing was known about it. There was no treatment and no cure. My parents were told just to take Pam home and make her comfortable and wait for the inevitable end to come. Uh, my parents were young people in a small industrial farm town. Uh, they were not worldly. They were, not, uh, they were no more than high school educated. And yet they decided that they weren't taking this sort of laying down. And uh, they wrote 150 letters to uh, families that they knew through the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto uh, had uh, cystic fibrosis. They put a, an ad in the Globe and Mail, Canada's national newspaper, uh, about a meeting on May 23rd, uh, 1959, which was my seventh birthday. And uh, over 100 uh, parents came from hundreds of miles away, some of them with their sick children in their arms, looking at my young dad and saying, are you going to do something to help us? And he said, yes. And the foundation was started, a clinic was started at the Hospital for Sick Children, and the rest, as they say, is, is history. Uh, but Pam lived for 26 years, so she outlived her prognosis by over 16 years. Mm-hmm. And she went to school, she went to college, she graduated on the dean's honor roll as an early childhood education specialist, and she ran her own daycare center for three years before her final illness. Um, so that's the situation. And, and I grew up with her and two other brothers, my youngest of whom also has CF. He's now 46 years old. And uh, I grew up with this uh, terrific paradox of her illness and my health, her faith and my anger, uh, a great dichotomy between us, and yet a great bond of love between us. The story I tell in the book is really a story of fighting for your life and your dreams and never giving up, and learning how to find joy and meaning in the midst of a world that is often full of pain and, and confusion. Um, now, before, excuse me, before we get uh, further along in that, could you just, because oftentimes there are young people listening or parents with young people, and if there, if there are who have this kind of situation of having a, a, you know, a sick sibling, what kind of advice or what sex, uh, suggestion would you make for that child or those parents with that kind of situation to enable them to assist their children in handling that kind of thing? Well, for the parents, I would say, uh, you know, you're really darned if you do and darned if you don't, because I know the parents are really overwhelmed with the care of uh, the uh, disabled sibling and right. overwhelmed with their own fear and their, uh, their own even exhaustion, really. And so uh, the tendency is to want the well child to just, you know, behave, clean your room, get good marks, and, and, and be good and leave us alone. But you yeah. have to really see that child. You have to understand that their pain, uh, whether it's emotional or physical, has as much value as the disabled child. And what I usually advise people to do, if, and if the parents can't do it, an aunt or an uncle or a family friend could make a date with the well child, even just once a month, where that child is getting uh, a really good amount of attention and listening Listening is very, very important in these families. And for the well child, I would say uh, to really understand and know that you are allowed to value yourself, that you are as important uh, as, as your brother or sister who, 
uh, is disabled or in pain or struggling, your struggle is, is equally valued and equally as important. And you must uh, really try to find things that ignite your passion that you can find yourself in and express yourself through. Beautiful. Okay. Okay, thank you. I, I just needed to have that said for them. Go ahead. Absolutely, and, and we'll, we'll speak a little more about that as the time goes on. Okay. Okay, so go on with your, um, your, your presentation of what we will find, what our listeners will find as they start reading a beautiful <laughs> novel. Well, hopefully, as, as you say, and I'm very pleased that you say it reads like a novel because I certainly took great... Hello? Oh, yes. my God, it's happening again. Hello? Hello? Think... Oh, Hello? good. It, it must be Are you on a, a landline for us? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I don't know then. It's just technology working its, its magic. It's just technology doing its thing. <laughs> Maybe it's Pam in the line. Maybe it's my yeah, sister bugging me to say something. Oh. Yeah. I, I believe in that kind of thing. <laughs> um, oh, so, well, you know, so then I'll just get, I'll go straight to uh, uh, Pam's legacy then. Maybe that's what uh, uh. the universe is asking me to tell you today. Uh, okay. I, I'm very glad you, you mentioned about the, the novel because I took great pains with the writing. And I, uh, it's a tough story, so I really wanted to tell it beautifully. And that was very important to me. And, uh, and I want readers who are also outside of uh, illness or struggle to enjoy the book and to really feel they can read it as a piece of literature. But there are uh, five pillars, basically, that I built the book around that I call Pam's Legacy and which I live by today. And the first is that you can't control life by being afraid of it. Beautiful. So often we make our decisions out of a place of fear and we say, well, uh, if I do this, that might happen. Or if I make this choice, this other thing might happen and I'm afraid of that happening. But if we make our choices out of fear, if we live our life that way, we make our life smaller and we diminish our power and our energy to deal with whatever it is we have to deal with. The second pillar of Pam's legacy for me, this is, this is all what I learned by witnessing her struggle, is that the only real power we have in our lives is our power to choose our response to our situation. So if we're in a circumstance that we can't change, we are then challenged to change ourselves. Wonderful. And uh, that's where we get our power from. And, of course, we get greater power by making positive choices. So what I tell myself is I can choose to go down to my loss and my despair, or I can choose to become a warrior on behalf of my own life. And that's the best way I can honor my sister and, and anyone else like her. And that's the best way I can honor the life that God has given me. You know, Pam used to say, God gave me a life, and it's up to me to live it the best I can for as long as I can. And the third uh, component of Pam's legacy, really, to people through this book, is that no matter what our circumstances, there is a moment of joy that can be found in every day. And if you think you can't find one, then it's up to you to create one. Pam had a great sense of humor and a great sense of the positive, and that is something that I've really, that's a muscle I've kind of developed, especially since she died, because 
while we were alive, she was very, very positive, and I was often very angry, and I, I did act out quite a bit as a teenager. Uh, I had a lot of resentment and guilt and fear wrapped around her illness. And it was by watching her that I realized the way through was to choose joy. Uh, I think the Bible says to choose life, but I always misquote it and, and say the Bible says choose joy. To me, it's the same thing. Yeah. And then the, uh, the fourth element of her legacy is to understand the difference between surrender and giving up. Surrender is a letting go. It's an act of love for the thing that you are releasing into the universe. Uh, it's an act of compassion, self-compassion and forgiveness. So in other words, I saw Pam have to surrender many things during her life. She surrendered friends who died of CF. She surrendered many of her physical abilities over time. She surrendered uh, some dreams that she had for herself. But she never gave up. And that's the fifth pillar of Pam's legacy, is to never give up, no matter what. Um, giving up implies that there's still something left to do. Giving up is an act of anger or despair. But surrender, I believe, is, is an act of compassion and love. So those would be the, uh, the elements of Pam's legacy, uh, which I hope are revealed through the book to everyone. And yes, it is, and and you give guideposts along the way. I mean, in fitting with what you just said, you had the quote from Dr. Sidney Dengel, uh, and I may not be pronouncing his name the way he would like. Um, pull thy oar, all hands, pull thy oar, till thou be stiff and red and sore. Yes. Um, and you have things like that throughout the book. Where did the quotes come from? I'm a collector of quotes, so I'm always oh my, by them. I'm a big collector of quotes too. It's started with my grade 7 teacher, Mrs. Hagee, God bless her, <laughs> and we used to have to write uh, a book every day. She had, it's called Memory Gem, and she would give us a quote every day, and I've become mad for quotes ever since. I'm just surrounded by them. If you could be in my room with me today, <laughs> they're all over the walls. Uh, I have piles of them, and I, um, I just collect them through my reading, and of course, when I was writing the book, uh, especially when I got down to the, the final edit and I was choosing the quotes to go with each, each chapter, I was trying to choose them thematically um, uh, that, so that the quote had something to do with the chapter that it, that it went with. And uh, it was quite a struggle because there, I have a lot of favorite quotes I had to leave out of the book. Oh, I um, but, but Let's see, what have I got on my desk right now? Just... <laughs> just, I'll just put, throw some quotes out that I have in front of me. Stand in your own space and know you are there. Oh. If you are going to doubt something, doubt your limits. Follow your bliss, of course, Joseph Campbell. Oh, here's one I found this morning by Merle Evers. It really spoke to me. I have reached a point in my life where I understand the pain and the challenges, and my attitude is, uh, is one of standing up with open arms to meet them all. Yeah. And that really spoke to me because I think that's truly where I am at this point uh, in my life. And that's because of uh, my life with Pam and what she taught me. It's also because uh, during the years of writing the book, I've had tremendous support 
from my wonderful husband, from my family, from my best friend, and especially from an an organization called the International Women's Writing Guild, which is based here in New York. And uh, I owe my writing life to those women. Um, The organization believes in women's stories and that our women's stories have value, that by telling them we can heal and empower ourselves. Uh, and over 30 years, uh, 4,000 women have published books um, as a result of coming to the Guild and telling their stories. And, and I'm hey, one of them. Hold that thought for me. We okay. have to go to break. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Do check out my Internet Mall. It's an easy way you can purchase all kinds of wonderful products at very low rates. Check regularly as I change the products often. And you can also purchase Nature's Sunshine products. Uh, we'll be back with Heather Cario and 65 Roses. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Check the website for who next week, April 12, 2008's guest will be. Uh, The week after next, however, April 19, 2008, my guest will be Julie Matthews. Uh, She's an expert on autism and author of Nourishing Hope, and she'll be talking about the nutritional support for autism. Uh, At the end of that program, we will discuss the herb milk thistle and the Asana Vera Padrasana 3. Uh, as you know, I'm exclusively on uh, Achieve Radio now, and we're back with Heather uh, Summer Hayes Cariou, author of 65 Roses. Uh, to call in and ask a question of my guest, call 888-235-7374. That's 888-235-7374. Um, okay, um, Heather, could you pronounce your middle name again? I mean, the, Summer the Hayes. Summer Hayes, okay, because yep. I, I had copied it wrong before, and I wanted to make sure I had corrected it properly. It's okay. It's usually the other name people have uh, trouble with, the and trouble you pronounce with. that beautifully. So. <laughs> there was one thing, well, this is an aside for real. They talk about six degrees of separation, but I believe your husband and my mother were in a repertory theater uh, together in um, uh, either Minnesota or Atlanta. But the Guthrie Theater? 
Uh, she was. She was very much into theater, yes. The Guthrie so, um, Theater in Minnesota. Yes, the Guthrie. Yes, that's yes. where it was. Undoubtedly. We oh, isn't that something? Tina Satin. You'll have to ask him. Tina I will. And, and he's got a good memory for that kind of thing. Isn't that funny? And it didn't dawn on me till we started really talking and the name <laughs> sank in. But in any event, let's get back to the task at hand here. Um, yes, could, could you give us a little more information about uh, your, you know, the, the, the reason why you're sharing this story? Um, I mean, I, I certainly know what I think it is, but you never know why a person shares a story and um, also how the experience inspired the, you know, the founding of the um, Cystic Fibrosis Organization. Well, you know, my reasons for for wanting to share it changed over the years that I was writing it. I mean, of course, there's my initial promise to Pam, which I had to fulfill. So I was compelled to finish writing the story. Uh, I really want people who are not part of families who have a chronic illness of any kind, whether it's a childhood chronic illness or breast cancer or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, uh, many of the same feelings and challenges apply. And I want families outside that framework to really understand what these families go through, what they're hiding, because many of these families are very heavily invested in appearing strong to the world, the outside world, and uh, might not ask for help, or when help is offered, might refuse it because they feel they should be going through this on their own and they should be strong enough to carry through. Uh, I really wanted to paint a very graphic picture of what families like ours sometimes go through. And I also wanted those families themselves to be validated and inspired and enlightened. I particularly wanted well siblings. You know, there are 8 million well siblings in the U.S. Uh, that is a, a brother or a sister with either a developmentally disabled or physically challenged sibling. I wanted those uh, members of that community to know that their lives were equally important and that yeah. uh, someone else was struggling with the same issues that they were struggling with. When I first started out to write the book, um, I wasn't just interested in telling my own story. I wanted to know about other stories if they were out there. Uh, and there have been many other sibling books written in, in the, the last 20 years since I started writing 65 Roses. But initially, I went into the stacks at Columbia University, and I read every study I could get a hold of. And I was very validated by reading those studies, particularly one by uh, Dr. Joanna Fanos, who um, runs the Sibling Center uh, out in San Francisco, I believe it is. Uh, but... Those studies really validated me when I read what other siblings or other parents of, of children uh, had said. And so I chose some of those themes that kept coming up in the studies for well siblings and found my own stories that matched those themes, and those are the ones I, I chose to put in the book. Very interesting when you're writing memoir, the difference between autobiography autobiography and memoir is that autobiography is a whole life and it's just the fact, whereas mm -hmm. memoir is just a window into a life and is usually based around a relationship or a, or a particular time period. And when you're writing memoir, it's very difficult to choose what goes in and what, what comes out. Well, you did a very good job. I'm Thank certain you. It was I could probably write a whole other book with the stuff I left out, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to move on to fiction now. <laughs> well, now, um, how did you find the strength uh, to move on once path, you know, once Pam transitioned and all of that? Or, you know, do you want to get to that place at this point or continue a little bit? Oh, I know what I want. I want you to give us contact information so that people can, uh, you know, learn more about this, make donations and all oh, that fantastic. kind of thing. Well, the best thing to do is to visit my website, which is right. www. 65rosesthebook.com, and that's 65 written out, no hyphen, www.65rosesthebook.com. It's, okay. of course, available on Amazon. It will be in Target stores later this month as a recommended read. And uh, through my website, uh, you can get to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation link. On my website, there's lots of links. I have a page of quotes. <laughs> um, I have uh, all kinds of wonderful stuff on the website that people can can access. Uh, so that's the that's the best way to do it. You can also get information about the International Women's Writing Guild that way and um, resource material. Okay. Uh, there's a, a wonderful story I just posted the other day of, a, of of another well sibling. So lots of stuff. I want you to give that web uh, web address again because uh, I think people just jumped up to get the paper and the pen. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they never it's get it. www.65roses, that's written out without a hyphen, 65rosesthebook.com. Now, um, finding joy, finding joy uh, in the midst of everything you were going through, what are some of the things or what were some of the ways that you and your family members uh, were able to do that or found to do that? Well, you know, we did a lot of things that normal families do. You know, we went on picnics. We, uh, uh, my, my mom and dad drove us often to uh, Toronto to see shows. I think that's also uh, why I decided initially to become an actress because uh, I saw a lot of the wonderful musicals coming up from the U.S. on tour. Uh, we just laughed a lot. Pam and I laughed a lot. And just learned to have a sense of gratitude. Uh, I think a lot of joy comes from gratitude for what you do have. And what I have uh, learned from my experience in, in, in life and living with Pam is that where you put your focus is very, very important. And if you put your focus on negative feelings and negative situations, you will reinforce the negativity in your life. And if you put your focus on what is positive and what you're grateful for, you will reinforce the positive aspects of your life. And a great deal of joy can come through that. We found joy in each other, uh, joy in, our, in ourselves, um, joy in very small things. Uh, happiness is a new pair of shoes, but joy is something sort of, I think, more integral. It's, it's deeper. And uh, your question before, how did I go on after Pam's death? Uh, she had a number of friends who died from CF, and she used to say to me how she coped was she looked at each person and what their strength was and what it was about that person that gave her joy. And she decided that she would try to adopt that trait that was that person's strength or that person's joy into her own persona so that she could carry that person with her 
and that person could live on in the world through her. And she did that with a number of pretty amazing young people. So when she died, I felt I would do the same thing, that I would take the aspects of her that I admired the most, that I loved the most, and that gave me the most joy, and try to make them part of my own persona and part of my own daily life. And it's gotten to the point now where sometimes I don't know if I'm seeing the world through her eyes or if she's seeing them through mine. Mm. Uh, but that's what really helped me through, and my faith in God and my friends. I couldn't have made it through without my friends. I had very, very supportive friends. Well, now, we have a caller on the line, and, um, again, I'm doing the show today pretty bl- pretty much blind because I, uh, of some of the technical uh, difficulties we're having today. So I'm guessing at my time frame here. Um, and if we run out of time be- you know, before the break, uh, we'll continue with the, the caller afterward. Okay. Um, I think, it, uh, is it Lewis in New York? Yes, it is. Oh, hi, Lewis. Good morning. Do you have a, a question for um, our, our guest today? Well, I'm enjoying it so much. I was just <laughs> wanting, rather than interjecting a, a new uh, question, I was wondering if she could uh, sort of uh, emphasize that attitude of gratitude that okay. she spoke of earlier. Okay. Emphasize the attitude of gratitude. Well, Talk about how that, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it not, and I have to say, you know, I'm human like anybody else. It's not that there aren't mornings I wake up grumpy and, and ungrateful, because there are. <laughs> of course. Uh, but I think gratitude is, is like a muscle that you have to make stronger with the use of practice every day. Uh, okay. I know Oprah has a gratitude journal. That's a good place for us to pause. Okay. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. And we'll be back with Heather Summerhays Perry, author of 65 Reds. The struggle of her sister Pam leads them to founding the Canadian Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi life therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Okay, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom 
with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. And remember my book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. Purchase it on my site. Uh, William Penn's Mark Allen won all of his track and field events, the triple jump, the long jump, and the four-by-one. Uh, then he also did a running jump. I don't know if that's what you really call it, but um, they sort of had a standoff on that one. But he was the anchor in the four-by-one. Um, now, that uh, we're back uh, with Heather Summerhays Cariou, author of 65 Roses. If you have any questions for our guest, call 888-235-7374. That's 888-235-7374. Okay, Heather, you were um, talking, they're responding to Lewis's question. Well, in, in the uh, break there, I was thinking that it really comes back to um, that part of Pam's legacy I call uh, the second pillar of her legacy, which is the power to choose. So I think gratitude is a choice that you make. And, uh, and the choices that we make, whether positive or negative, we have to get up and make them every day. I remember in the, in the few months right after Pam's death, and my first marriage ended uh, in the same six months after her death, so you could have just about wiped the floor with me. Wow. And there were many mornings when um, just getting out of bed and putting on my clothes was a struggle. Uh, I just literally didn't know how to go on. And I went on by making choices for myself. In those days, they were moment by moment. I tell a story in the book where um, one day I was out shopping and I saw blueberries on sale. And I looked at those blueberries and thought, oh, if only I had somebody to make a blueberry cobbler for, I would buy those blueberries. (laughs) And then I said to myself, well, you're somebody. So I bought yep. the blueberries, and I made a huge b- blueberry cobbler, and I ate the whole thing myself and was probably tremendously ill afterwards. But, <laughs> uh, but that, is, that is an example that springs to mind of I made a choice for myself there, and it was a positive choice to buy those blueberries and look at myself as somebody, look at my life as still having value, even though the two people I had built it around were no longer part of my life. Uh, and that day was a great lesson for me in making the choice. And I was grateful to those blueberries. Gratitude is something that, um, you know, it starts inside yourself and it's for small things. I am grateful for the wonderful cup of tea my husband made me this morning. Uh, I'm grateful for a wonderful dark piece of chocolate when it happens to come by my way, you know. I mean, it, it's in the small things that we prepare ourselves for the big thing. So if we can be grateful for the small things, uh, when, the big, when the big wonderful events of our lives come along, then, then we know we can be truly grateful because we've, we've had practice. We've practiced that muscle. We've practiced making that choice, and I think it is a choice. You can choose to be loving or you can choose to be hateful. You can choose to be forgiving or you can choose to be vengeful. You can choose joy or you can choose despair. Uh, it doesn't always choose you. Let's, we're back to the quotes again, but I, I, and I don't mean to sound trite throwing them out, but I live by them. I love them. Uh, and there was a quote I read to my writers group the other day that uh, pain is a given, but suffering is optional. Fear may come to tea, but you don't have to invite him to dinner. It's, it's that kind of uh, thing that I practice um, in, in choosing faith over fear, and in choosing gratitude in 
loving what I have instead of uh, wanting more. It's, and also it's not that I set goals for myself. I've set some very high goals for myself lately. Um, but that's because the book has encouraged me. I, I see what I have accomplished with that, so what else can I go out in the world and accomplish? And I think gratitude comes through giving, too, giving of yourself to others. Most definitely. Yeah. So if that, well, now, that should answer the question. Yes, uh, Lewis, <laughs> I think that does. Um, and would you like that to be your final words of wisdom, or do you have a, something else that you would like to share with everyone at this time? You know, I always like to give my sister Pam the last word. Ah. So I have a short paragraph here. It comes at the end of the book. She wrote this uh, a year before she died, and she knew she was dying. I enjoyed most every moment of my life, whether it was up or down. There was always something to learn from, and there was always something in the world that was beautiful that you could take from. And every experience could mean something if you looked at it that way. If we take the chance and opportunity of seeking out beauty in the world around us, every moment of every day can be treasured. I have learned that no matter what misfortunes or joys one may be faced with, life will surely go on with love. Wow. Thank you so much, Heather, and you have a wonderful rest of the day. My great pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now it's time for our herb of the day. Uh, today's herb is meadowsweet. The parts used medicinally are the leaves, flower, and tops. Phytochemicals include coumarin, quercetin, rutin, salicin, salicylic acid, and vanillin. According to Balk and Balk, it tightens tissues and promotes elimination of excess fluid, reduces inflammation, and strengthens and tones the system. Good for colds, flu, nausea, digestive disorders, muscle cramps and aches, and diarrhea. Uh, the word aspirin is derived from an old name for this plant, uh, spiria. And for our yoga asana, the asana is, yes, no, you didn't hear the gong, did you? <laughs> I told you we were having technical difficulties. Today's uh, asana is Virabhadrasana 2. Uh, this is the second warrior pose. Uh, the body rises uh, erect over the legs while the arms reach out to opposite sides. You stand in Tadasana, inhale and jump the legs four to four and a half feet apart, arms stretched to the sides. Um, turn the left foot 15 degrees in and the right leg 90 degrees out. Lock the left knee. Extend the trunk up. Exhale and bend the right leg to a right angle. Bend in the left hip joint between the hip and thigh to keep the trunk vertical. Raise the hips and keep the trunk facing forward. Press the outer edge of the left foot down, keeping the leg firm. Press the right heel down and bring the right hip, right side of the trunk and spine forward. Stretch the right inner thigh toward the knee and turn the knee to the right so that it faces directly ahead. Tuck the top of the outer thigh into the right hip joint. Relax the shoulders and extend the arms further away from the trunk, stretching from the sternum and spine to the fingertips of both hands. Look over both arms to see that they are level. 
Finally, harden the left arm, turn the head, and look over the right arm. Stay for from 20 to 30 seconds, breathing normally. Inhale, come up and turn to the center. Repeat on the other side, on the left. Jump the feet together, lower the arms. Okay. You've been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, and we appreciate your patience with our little technical snafus and such. Um, you've been listening with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard, at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Check the website uh, for who next week, April 12, 2008's guest will be. Uh, the week after next, uh, April 19, 2008, uh, we'll have Julie Matthews as my guest, who's an expert on autism and uh, how nourishment or you know, nutrition uh, helps with uh, handling autism. Uh, her book is called Nourishing Hope. At the end of the program, we will discuss the herb Milk Thistle and the Asana Vera Bhadrasana 3. Using the link on my site, listen to the program live on your computer, iPod, or cell phone, Saturdays at 9.03 a.m. And remember, most of the time on the second Saturdays of the month, um, we have Monique Tapman at the end of those programs uh, with Monique's Moments. But we won't see her this month on the second Saturday, but next Saturday, uh, the Saturday after, rather, the 19th, uh, with her intuition about world and caller issues. Now, there's a link for advertising on the program on my site. Uh, you can email inquiries, resumes, and or recordings to consult at amtherapies.com. Now, Alternative Medicine Therapies offers the public iridology and kinesiology assessments, uh, consultations in nutrition, meditation, acupressure, psychosocial consultations. Go to www.amtherapies.com for my blog uh, to purchase my book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, and to purchase Nature Sunshine products. <laughs> There's the gong. You can subscribe to my newsletter, hear past programs, See the show guest list. Uh, Mark Allen is going to be doing wonderful things in track, and I'll be telling you about them. Keep an ear out for Nemecola's next Turning Point retreat. Tell them Parthenius sent you wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well. <laughs>